Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is episode 21 of the Bash Mania podcast. I am your host, Justin Bash, and we have another 2020 Olympic hopeful on today's show. Today, NCAA champion Darian Cruz stops by as we talk all things ranging from the upcoming U.S. Open and Olympic trials to winning NCAAs, overcoming adversity, losing NCAAs, so much more. It's a blessing having these guys all on the show, but it's making it's a blessing and a curse because, man, it, it's hard not to root for these guys when you get to know them. And so many guys are going to have their dreams and hearts shattered in April, and only very few. If you figure, you know, I focus a lot here on men's freestyle. Only six guys will have their dreams come true. Aside from that, think about how many guys are having their hearts and dreams shattered and broken. Guys that are training. This, this opportunity comes once every four years. It's crazy what's at stake, and it's 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 such a blessing to be able to have these Olympic hopefuls on the show and kind of get to know them a bit more and, and pull out some value and entertainment from, from what they have to offer. With that said, we'll get into today's show, but before we do, real quick, if you enjoy this podcast, be sure to subscribe on your favorite audio app, Apple, Spotify, Anchor, YouTube, Google Podcast, you name it. Go subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five-star review if you have a minute. think you can only do that on Apple, but go on Facebook, Apple. Leave a review if you have a minute. And with that said, let's roll the intro. It's Bashomania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do when Bashomania runs wild on you? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Mr. Darian Cruz, how are you? Good, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. How was your Thanksgiving? Uh, it was good. Uh, a lot of family back. Um, spent a little bit with the, with the Lehigh family here. And um, me and my family is actually from, you know, right around here in Bethlehem. So a lot of people came back. So it was really good. What about you? It's slowly becoming my favorite holiday. There's something about <laughs> it. I just, I love, like, we, for the second year in a row, we hosted my wife's family, and mm-hmm. I love Christmas, and this kind of kicks off Christmas, feasting all day on good food, so it's it's definitely mm-hmm. a blessing. It definitely has changed um, now that, you know, I'm doing more adulting things. Yeah. Um, the, whole, the whole idea of Thanksgiving, you know what I mean? And um, I actually had my girlfriend's Thanksgiving uh, today. Which is gonna be cool, you know what I mean? Just seeing different different things. Yeah, dude, it's awesome. Like I'm thirty. Th- I think there's a reason I'm thirty three and it's not becoming my favorite <laughs> holiday. Wasn't it like twenty two? Hundred percent. So uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, good minds think alike. I'm sure. So um, For I'm sure. excited just to kind of see the see the culture. You know, I've only had one you know Thanksgiving tradition you know my whole life, so I get to kind of see you know somebody else's. So I'm excited. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Well, I got to tell you, I, I'm really excited to, to dive into this conversation a bit because I always, before anybody comes on the show, especially people I don't get to spend a lot of time with, I really try to dive in 
and and learn mm-hmm. as much as I can so that I can pull out as much as I can for both value entertainment. I think this sport mm-hmm. teaches us so much, and I think one of the best things that we can do as having any involvement in this sport is kind of regurgitating that for those who are younger or older, whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. And that's kind of why I started this podcast was I'm blessed to have so many great conversations with, with so many high-level guys, and I want to share those conversations with people. And one of the videos I was watching just like a half hour ago was, and I, I remember it, but I wanted to, to watch it like three times again, was your letter to wrestling that aired mm-hmm. during the NCAA championships. Mm-hmm. There is so many like little golden nuggets in there. And I want to kind of pull from that and and expound on those points. And I think that's really going to – there's so much application. So I'll kind of dive right into it. The first thing that really caught my ear in the letter was you said it takes a tremendous amount of dedication. And you learn that at a young age, which is interesting because I was a terrible wrestler. I wrestled in middle school and high school. (laughs) I never did anything. But but I give like all my – credit for any success I have to the sport. Like it taught me so much, but I didn't learn that Absolutely. until through middle school, high school. Like, I remember little things yeah. when I was in middle school, like my coach saying on a Saturday morning, listen, you just did more in the last two hours than most will do all day. Like the sport teaches you a lot, but you got to kind of have that mindset. And it took me till middle school, high school. How did you realize that at such a young age? Was it because you were already becoming so good? So your thought process is a little more, um, yeah, developed. I mean, or um, what was that like? I mean, uh, it was interesting to be honest. You know, um, I had I had a you know coach who was so dedicated, um, you know, to to having me, you know, be my best. So honestly, I didn't really understand it. You know what I mean? At a young age, it's hard to understand something like that. Yeah. Right? It's hard to understand something like dedication or commitment at a young age. Right? You know, you're going to practice. You want to you know play play with your Pokemon cards or or whatever. Right. And um, it's hard for you to really, uh, you know, conceptualize and wrap your head around that. But I give I give a lot to you know my one of my coaches and and it, one of my favorite coaches is my dad, obviously. And he would just kind of keep me interested, you know what I mean, and just you know keep me competing at, at such a young age. And, and what I age is this? It, you know? when, when you say keeping you competing, like what age are you talking? Yeah, I mean, we started when I was like four four years old, four or wow. five years old, because I had an older brother who was five, and we both kind of started at the same yeah. time. So I was four, he, he was five. And we got into it, and it's crazy, you know, looking back at old brackets, you know, I used to wrestle with Jason Nolf all the time, you know, me and Zane Rutherford. Yep. It's funny that we were training partners at, uh, um, for the, you know, World Yeah, Zane was telling me that. We were, we, were, we were actually talking about it while we were out there in Germany and uh, Kazakhstan. He's like, you know, you, you made me do a lot of sprints when we were little kids. So we used to go back and forth all the time. You know what I mean? And I did a lot, he's like, I did a lot of push-ups, you know, but, because we wrestle so much, yeah, trying to beat you, and it, it's so funny. Even say, same thing with like you know Chenzo and um, a couple of those Penn State guys, and like Joey McKenna. You know, we we yep. them through little kids, Thomas. So, and it's um, just it started when we were younger, just um, you know, just competing. You know, my, and like I said, my my dad was one of my uh, favorite coaches, and he and honestly, like my dad didn't really have a crazy background in wrestling. He wrestled, you know, just like you, middle school, high school, maybe, and then that was it. So it's it was cool to learn. And grow in the sport with my pops, which was cool. You know what I mean. So Is that what got it, you it, into the sport when you were young? Like, oh, did you want to try it, or was it him like telling you, "Hey, you should give this sport a shot"? <laughs> I mean, I was so young, but yeah, he kind of tricked me and my brother. He he said, uh, 
he knew that whatever whatever my dad wanted to do at a young age, I was like, I was I was a big dad's boy. So whatever my dad wanted to do, I wanted to do it. And my little my older brother was like, I'm <laughs> really angry about it. So so he told us kind of two different stories. He told me, he said, Hey, Randy's gonna wrestle this year. I don't know if you want to wrestle, but you know, Randy's gonna wrestle. And I was like, Oh, so my brother's gonna wrestle? Absolutely, I'm in. And then he told Randy, he said, Hey, your brother's gonna wrestle this year. I don't know, you know, do you wanna do you wanna wrestle with your brother? And Randy was like, Absolutely. So kinda like <laughs> kinda checked us. You know what I mean? I don't know if one we didn't talk about it until we got older. We were like, Do you remember that? But uh yeah, I mean, that's how we got it that's how we got into it. But um like I said, he he didn't know any, like much. So we started at like a young age, we would just do this, the basic things and I mean this the letter kinda of reflected on, you know, what I'm about to say. So all we did when we were, when we were little was just extra work, which is push ups, sit ups and sprints. Literally, you know, after after yeah. like a little kid's workout, we would just do a couple sprints, couple push ups. You know what I mean? And it's like now people, you know, kind of stay after and do extra technique or extra work, right. stuff like that. But, you know, my, my pops didn't know any of that kind of stuff. And what he did know was just hard work. So right. at a young age, that's all, we, that's all we would do, right? So that was ingrained. He said, he said, I mean, if, if you lose a match to somebody, you know, that's technically better than you, you know, technique-wise, and, you know, absolutely, you know, hats off to them. He's like, but I will not let anybody beat you guys because you guys are not strong enough, not, you know, fat fast enough or not uh you know conditioned enough and just like at a young age you don't really understand that you know you're just, you're just doing sprints push-ups and sit-ups but like you know as i got older i kind of looked back at that and i was like wow that is that is so awesome that like you know he did everything in his power to kind of just make sure that we were he, he did everything he could which is cool yeah and you can't teach work ethic you really can't like yeah. you can teach someone yeah. to to put in the work and you can kind of help them along the way of do push-ups, do sit-ups, do pull-ups, do all these things that you can kind of put in work, but you can't teach the actual work ethic. And it, did that just kind of carry on through middle school, high school, for you into college? I mean, we kind of got fortunate in the fact that, um, so Bobby Weaver was a local guy too. Um, you know, for those people that don't know Bobby Weaver, Olympic champion, at, you know, I think he was 105 pounds for the United States. Um, 84 Olympics. Okay. So he was he was awesome, and and um, he my dad opened up a club with that Bobby kind of uh, wanted to be a part of. So just to have you know, coach, you know what? Coach I Weaver actually sorry not to cut you off, but I I want to say I I sponsored an event at the 2015 World Championships in Vegas that honored mm-hmm. the 1980 Olympic team that couldn't compete, mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. was on that team. And yes, sir. Um. I remember vividly that he was from Rochester, where I'm from. So I, I knew that name yeah. sounded familiar as soon as you said that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he made the 80 team. Um, he actually also had Lehigh, too, which was cool. I, I remember walking to Lehigh, seeing his picture and everything. But, yeah, just to have him at you know at, at our disposal, he was showing us stuff. You know, me and Coach Brad Dillon. Brad Dillon is a Lehigh coach. He was also coached by Bobby Weaver because he's a Lehigh Valley guy as well. So I remember getting to Lehigh and talking to – Brad about stuff that we learned when we were like seven years old, eight years old, like the little techniques. And I was like, can you believe how we ever showed us this technique when we were like, <laughs> so he was showing us like, like foot sweeps and, you know, we had no idea what we were doing. He was such a good teacher that, you know, we just knew how to do it. We, you know, we right. didn't really understand it. And we were doing it. We're seeing it now that we're older, you know, and you now we're men now. And he's like, me and Brad are like, man, Bobby had no care. He would show us, and we understood and we picked up all this awesome 
you know, high level technique when we were young. And that that just hats off to, you know, Coach Bobby Weir for being an awesome, you know, totally. instructor. Because we, we, we always talk about how, how tough it is to teach little kids, right? I mean, at, at all the Lehigh camps back when I was in college, they, they would put me with the baby group. You know what I mean? Like the kids that are like, you have about five seconds to kind of get out what you need to get out before they're rolling around. Right. <laughs> and I'm and I'm like, wow, I, I can't believe, you know, Coach Weaver did such a good job with, you know, me and my brother and, you know, anybody. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm curious, like, th- there's so many, again, in this letter, like, there's so many little golden nuggets. Like, I love one of the things you said, which was moderation is for cowards. And I love yeah. that. When in your career did you kind of realize that? Because you only lost, like, what was it, eight times in high school? Something like that? Yeah, losing, um, especially coming from Pennsylvania, wasn't, like, a big thing. You know what I mean? And um, and it's and it really humbling when you get out to college, college wrestling, and you, cu- and you, you come in the room and you're getting taken down or just kind of beat up by guys that you've never even heard their name of, especially yep. from Pennsylvania. I mean, not discrediting those guys. It's just it's no, but for animal. sure, yeah, right. You know what I mean? You get in there, and you're like, "Who is this dude? Who's just dogging me today, man?" Like, and then you know, what I mean, that that is that, and that's one thing that I learned really quick is, you know, there's two types of people when you get into college wrestling. You know, there's the guys that are gonna bend, and the guys that are gonna break. You know what I mean? And um, it's so easy. You know, you see it so many times. Unfortunately, guys just break because it is hard. Right, college wrestling is hard. International wrestling is hard. Like every level you kind of move up gets yeah. harder and harder and harder. So um, yeah, coming out of high school was like, I think I think me and Coach Santos and you know the staff here joke about how uh, I had I think eight all eight seven or eight losses in high school. And my fr- true freshman year, I started at Lehigh, and I had seven or eight losses that season. <laughs> <laughs> it's wild. It's humbling. And that's another thing oh, you said 100%. too, which is like. The, the sport has kind of taught you and brought you the highest of highs and lowest of lows. I'm curious, you know, and we'll kind of get into in a few minutes the, the current state of wrestling with, with the Olympic trials around. And But it's interesting because, like, Thomas Gilman's one of the best wrestlers in the world at 57 kilos, and you beat him. You upset him in the NCAA tournament when you know, on the yeah. absolute, I'd say, biggest stage in wrestling. Um, and and you've also had those lows. You've also had those defeats. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you mm-hmm. lost eight times throughout your high school career, and then you lose that in your first season. Mm-hmm. How, how did you kind of start adapting to that? Utilize, how did you kind of leverage that adversity and learn? Like you just said, people either bend or break. What kept you from yeah. breaking? And, you know, I say this a lot in this show that, like, I love losing, but I love losing like a year after the fact. Once you can look back and <laughs> yeah, realize like what, what you took from it, man, I love that that you know completely wiped me out because the next six months I learned so much. But with wrestling, you don't really have that. It's you're right back in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, you got to rebound quick. How how did you you learn to to rebound from losses and not only just losses because you know we'll get into that too with with what successes, but with wrestling, yeah. it's like. There's so much adversity. There's there's cutting weight. There's getting your butt whooped 100%. in practice. There's not wanting to go to class. Like, how did mm-hmm. you how did you learn to deal with that adversity? Um, I mean, it's just simple, you know. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's simple in my mind in, in the aspect of you know how bad do you really want it? And you know, um, I think I had a lot of success growing up, um, obviously from work ethic, but I was very talented as well. And it didn't 
I didn't take some like even my true freshman year. You know, I had all those losses. Um, I put together an, a, a decent NCAA tournament. Came out with you know seventh as a true freshman. You know, after getting teched by Nico, first match of the right. tournament. So you know that was something that was that was awesome. You know, that was one of the highest highs at the moment, right? Right. You know, I was excited to be a true freshman, get on the podium, but you know. Right away, and this is probably one of the reasons I, you know, I won the NCAA title was that that next season, or that's yeah, the sophomore season that came back. It was after I registered, but that that following year, obviously, I uh, ended up losing the blood round to some to some kid that I had majored in season. Yep. Right. So I, I'm after that match. I remember just you know talking to my pops, and uh, I was like, I I didn't know what to say. You know what I mean? Because I was one of the lowest lows at the time yeah. that I was like. You know, I, I just fell short, you know, in my head, I was like, I was supposed to, you know, continue to, you know, keep climbing this mountain, you know, keep going up and up and up. And, you know, I, I just fell off, right. I just fell off right there and ended up not reaching life. You know, you train all year for right. March, yeah. right? you train all year for March and you cannot get that moment back until the next year. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, with that, with that happening, you know, um, with, with, with a low obviously comes, you know, um, you got to dig deep and, you know, kind of figure out, make adjustments, you know. And, and one thing, you know, my pops taught me at a young age as well is, you know, um, the, like, you, you keep trying to do something. I think it's the definition of insanity, if I'm correct. So yeah. doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Right. And I just, you can't, you, and you can't get stuck in that repetitive over and over and over again. So, um, I mean, that one, that one hurt really, you know, that one, I took a blow on that one and um that just started something for the you know for my career which is awesome yeah you know, I, I needed that in a way but um you know just the whole idea of kind of digging deep and managing all this especially in college when you're that you're learning how to do school and wrestling at the same time right, right. especially if you, you know lehigh's pretty you know tough school and um you know the darn near ivy league and you know the education is very um, you know, it's very interesting because I, I came from a uh, Catholic school, which is supposed to be pretty, you know, pretty good academically. But, you know, I, I come to Lehigh and there's, there's kids that are, at, they're training as hard at the books as we are at wrestling. Right. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. So you're competing, they're, they're competing, which is cool. You know, I mean, it's cool to see that, but these people are grinding. So just trying to compete with that and trying to manage that is uh, something in its own. But, you know, you take it and, you know, Coach Santoro really helped me out with this as well. And, he said, you know, sometimes you got to, there's a big picture, right? And he said, the big picture can be very intimidating, right? You see this big picture, you see this big path. And he's like, you know what? Like, it, it's scary, right? The whole idea of it's scary. You, t- you like, kind of zoom in and take it one frame at a time. He said, by the time, you know, you're at the, you're at the end, you're like, wow, I just painted this huge picture and it's beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, and, and that's something that, you know, I, I try to think about every day. And that, I mean, and that's a way to handle it, you know, just kind of chip away, chip away, chip away. And just manage what you can today. Do what you can today. How does that apply then when when things don't go your way, right? Like if it, that's yeah, a great yeah. concept. If you, it's a great concept regardless. But when you win, it's easier to say. There's days Absolutely. with for me in business. I'm like, man, mm-hmm. I didn't have the best day ever. There's days that are just you can look back and I know like, okay, I trusted the process today. I worked for 12, mm-hmm. 13 hours. Mm-hmm. And I know that every single thing I did was planting seeds and hard work that will come around. Mm-hmm. And then there's other days where 
there's stuff that will happen in business that just feels like it's falling into your lap. You, like a major oh, contractor yeah. or, or you get an amazing talent that wants to come work for you. Like you, you have those. Mm-hmm. In, but the hard, a hard part about that, I think, is to stay focused on the bad days. Like how do you 100%. how do you do you when you, when you're not looking at the big picture and you're you're, mm-hmm. you're kind of Gary Vaynerchuk says all the time um, macro speed micro patience or no macro yeah. patience micro speed so you're kind yeah. of t- patience in the big picture but you're working as fast and hard as you can every day how do you rebound from a bad day and kind of reset the next to know like whether yeah. whether it's with the practice or whether it's you know there, oh, yeah, there's so many highs and lows with wrestling like it's nuts you've you've seen it all like you've you've had those losses where you get tacked and then you've won the NCAA champions oh, yeah. like or championship oh, yeah. have what what's kind of been your answer to rebounding from those bad days I mean like I mean like you said everybody's you know gonna have a tough day it's it's hard even Jordan you know had tough days you know Michael Jordan um even different sport but still like yep. one, of, one of the greatest of all time. Um, and that's something that, that, you know, my, my dad has done a really good job too, is, um, he always, he always takes it out of wrestling sometimes, you know, he'll, he'll compare it to something else. He's like, you know, what happens when, you know, Jordan misses a free throw in a game, you know, he'll sit after practice, you know, the next week and shoot a thousand free, you know what I mean? It, it, his analogies were, were awesome. But yeah. back, you know, back to the question, um, you know, you can only take it one day at a time. You know what I mean? And, and it's hard, like, like you said, like I said, the big picture. So if, you know, if you do end up having a bad day or, you know, you know, the stuff's falling in your lap and, you know, it feels like something's really going wrong. One thing I like to do is just kind of like outreach. Cause, um, you know, the, the ones in your life are such a huge thing. My, like totally. my support system is unbelievable. You know what I mean? And sometimes like when you're in the, in the thick of it, and stuff only, yeah, you, it seems like only you understand. Like, sometimes when you're having a bad day, some people, like, some of your family members, even outside, you know, support system might not understand, like, how tough it is because you personally know you're being hard on yourself, right? It's just something that we do as competitors, both in sports and outside of sports. You know, we, we want the best effort. We want the best, you know, product, whatever. Um, like, like, for instance, in practice sometimes, if I, didn't, if I had a bad day, I'm I'm so critical of myself, and I'm talking to coaches. Coaches are like, it wasn't even that bad. Like, you know, you you had an awesome practice, and you messed up. This, you had made one mistake, but in you know, in my head, I'm like, man, that mistake could cost me, you know, world championship, Olympic championship, yeah. and still a championship. You know, and so so how so the way you manage that is, you know, how I do it, you know, specifically is, I like to break it down. I like to talk about it a lot, right? I like to talk about it, and I like to talk. Okay, so if I get in that situation again, what could we do differently? You know what I mean? So, yep. again, it, it, the big picture is kind of scary, right? The big picture is um, you're nervous that whatever happened, both, okay, wrestling-wise, that might cost you a big match. Yep. You know, in, in the work in the workforce, like, man, like, say if I don't get this client or whatever, you know, it might cost me either money down the road or, or, or whatever it is. Um, you just kind of break it down and talk about how you could approach the situation a little bit differently. You know what I mean? And that's something that support system is, is so big on. Um, at least in my life, which is awesome. You know, I, I call my, my dad hasn't even been watching practice in like, since we were in high school. Right. But I call him, talk about practice. And like I said, he's never, he hasn't even seen me practice in such a long time. But for some reason, I feel like he, he's been there and he knows right. what happened. And it's such a cool dynamic to like, you know what I mean? Cause I know he's not going to be biased, right? He didn't see anything. 
And he just shoots questions like, so how, where are you moving your feet? Where are you doing this? Where are you doing that? You know, little things, he's pinpointing questions where I'm like, ah, maybe I wasn't doing that. And he almost leads me to um, kind of to uh, almost answer my own question, right? Yeah, and so, I, I mean, think too, like when we're, we're, we're only human and being human, mm-hmm. we're very emotional and it's hard to keep that proper perspective every single day like you have a bad day it's hard you need those people around you because you don't know like sometimes you're gonna you're gonna take things out of proportion or sometimes like you know i know one of the biggest things that's translated over to the business world for me is you know even with anything in life i've learned that sometimes when when god doesn't allow something or when god says no there's something better but you don't see that until you have it like Whoever, whatever girl mm-hmm. I thought I wanted to be with ten years ago doesn't hold the a candlestick to my wife now. I didn't know that <laughs> then. Same with like oh, clients. Sure. Like there's clients I think I want, and then I see them getting arrested for wire fraud or go, and going bankrupt going and sti- mm-hmm. stiffing all their clients. Like you don't, that you don't know what's gonna ways, right, and you don't know that until you go through it. And I think mm-hmm. it, it's one of those things with wrestling, especially when you have like you almost and. This kind of leads into my next question. I feel like you you might learn and take away more from the losses, especially when you you win the you win the NCAA's your junior year, correct? Yes, yes. And then you was it you took fifth your senior year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like, what was that like from a from a you're, you're done collegiately after that, but mm-hmm. you now take that with you as you're on your quest for the Olympics. What did those two, Absolutely. in contrast, what did you take from that? I mean, it was a big, and it's something that we kind of talked, we sat down and talked both, you know, with the coaching staff, with my family. And um, so this question was tossed around a lot. Um, one of the biggest takeaways, I think, you know, there's, there's a bunch of differences from, you know, junior to senior year. Um, but, you know, like I told you about my sophomore year, you know, kind of when I took that dip. Um, this one obviously wasn't as hard as the dip, but you know, it's the same feeling, you know what I mean? And it's, it's one of the lows that I hit yep. where, um, you know, I, I, we know this, there's more, you know, my coaches and, uh, you know, my family said, we, we know there's more, you know, and if you don't learn from this, you know what I mean? then the loss is irrelevant. So, you know, one of the biggest takeaways for me was just you, uh, just the effort, you know what I mean? You have, you have to be able to. Put it on the line. and this is something that I actually enjoy seeing. You know, Jordan Burroughs. Uh, we at all the training camps. I love watching them train and, and wrestle. Yep. Um, live goes because that's one guy who I look up to a lot, and that's one guy who, no matter what, day in day out, you know, every single go, he he, you know, refuses to not lay it on the line. Right? He he he's going to give it all every, every single time out. You know, and I remember in practice watching, and even talking to Coach Snyder a little bit, um, you know, uh, Doc Snyder, and he's like, he was telling me that, it, as, that he does the same stuff kind of out in Nebraska. Yep. That, that's one That's one man that I've seen it put it on the line every single time. Every single time. And if you watch me wrestle, and, and I can see, I've, I've compared both NCAAs my yep. junior senior year. The first, the, my junior year, I was, I was ready to go get it. You know, we saw the brackets come out. Even my coaches were like, Ah, uh, Darren, I think you're gonna be the the four seed, even though you beat the two seed last week. Um, I think that just might that's, that might be how it's, how it falls, right? And you know, I remember getting that information, and I said, you know, Coach Pat, 
Um, I'm going to have to beat everybody to be an uh, NCAA champ anyway. So he looked at me and said, all right, let's go do it. And, you know, we got on our horse, and, you know, the, the biggest difference was I went out to go get it. But I laid on the line every single time. My senior year, you know, I, it was like I was protecting something. And and all yep. season, I was I was kind of training for that. But when it but when it hit, you know, when 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 the storm came, I was I was so unsure, unsteady, you know. And you know, coming from Lehigh isn't always like big school in the papers and the cameras and everything. I remember I got to the arena, and man, were they were they all over, you know, me and all the you know other one scene and stuff like that. Yeah, it just I got slightly rattled, and you know, it's something that I wasn't really ready for. Um, so I, when I watched those matches, I was like, man, I was wrestling like I was protecting something the entire time. You know, I think so. I think I scored more takedowns in one match my junior year than I did the entire NCAA tournament, which is unheard of. You know what I mean? Shoot or shoot, and right. I did none of that. Right? So I mean, that's something that one of the biggest takeaways as well was just, you know, be dangerous, man. You know, be dangerous. And now, like the year your junior year when you won, you beat Gilman in the semis. Um, mm-hmm. Lizak in the, in the finals. You've beat mm-hmm. some of the best guys in the world, and now mm-hmm. you're gearing up here for the Olympic trials in mm-hmm. April. And you have arguably, if not the toughest weight class. I mean, you have mm-hmm. Fix, Gilman, Gross, Soriano, Garrett. You name it. Yeah, it, it it's the gauntlet, and you know. I'm always interested when you you I I see a lot of the top level guys, a lot of the best of the best. When they wrestle the best, mm-hmm. they wrestle better and they perform mm-hmm. better. Um, I, I'm curious at how you take away those junior and senior years specifically, along with now the the last two years and how that's kind of changed over to freestyle and your your quest for the Olympic gold. I mean, you won the national championship, and that was like, you know, defending it, like you said, would have been nice. That was a goal. But mm-hmm. but either way, you're an NCAA champion, and now your next goal mm-hmm. is to be a World Olympic champion. Mm-hmm. What have you taken from those successes and those losses when you are preparing now for the Olympic trials? Yeah, I mean, in both aspects, you know, when, um, you know, successes, first off, um, you know, I'm, I've beaten, like you said, some of the best guys in the world. Um, that year I beat, um, after that year I lost to Gilman first round. I ended up beating Sean, you know, in the wrestle back. So those top guys that might wait right now, yeah. I have beaten them, right? So it's a matter of, you know, beating them again, you know? So it's, it's not like it's impossible, you know? Um, that's, something, that's something that in this sport is so big is the mental, right? The mental, the, the mental capability of being able to mentally see yourself going and doing it right so you said a lot of people kind of step up when they wrestle better guys um it's a, it's a matter of i've been there done that type thing success wise you know and so and then you know thinking about the loss aspect um i have taken these losses and i've learned you know and then freestyle wasn't really a big thing for me so that's why these this upcoming year is gonna be really big because i've been training you know freestyle with coach buxton and traveling out to the OTC um, and Ching for a lot of awesome partners. So I'm excited kind of to really test my iron against um, some of these top level guys. And um, one of the biggest takeaways is just um, it freestyle is a game. You know what I mean? Wrestling is a game. 
and uh, just got to get, get better with it every day. And I'm curious, too, like, you know, not a lot of guys talk about it. And I, I like to talk about it on this podcast because, you know, like I said, I'm never... I'm, I was never some incredible wrestler. I'm not, I'm never going to be the guy to like break down technique or like, I'm Mm -hmm. such a fan of this sport, the storylines. I I love it. And I think there's so many interesting things that don't get talked about. And one of them is you have a guy like you who's an NCAA champion and you have to fight and claw your way to make that Olympic (laughs) spot. And if you don't like the, the amount of, the depth of talent right now is stupid. Oh, and every way, every single way. It, it's nuts, and this happens at the Olympic year. You know, you go from ten weights mm-hmm. to six, and everything. But mm-hmm. you know, one of the the other things you said in that letter to wrestling was success comes in all aspects, and it's not about mm-hmm. wins and losses. And I believe mm-hmm. that. But I'm curious on your perspective that I feel like the the older you get, the more you can say that. But I feel like the older yeah. you get, the harder it becomes to avoid the wins and losses in the context of them. Meaning, I can 100% be percent at I, this level. I, yeah, like I can be a terrible JV and varsity wrestler, but t- learn so much and take away from the sport. Mm-hmm. At this mm-hmm. point, you wrestling can still be teaching you so much in, mm-hmm. in your twenties, but you now have to balance the the fact that while while your success doesn't necessarily come just from wins and losses mm-hmm. you, you you're it's also your career yeah how, exactly. how do you balance that where it's uh, I, i'm always fascinated by the business side of it like you're mm-hmm, you're mm-hmm. training full-time for an olympic and world mm-hmm. medal and to make that team and Absolutely. how do you balance the constant planning from from a career and professional side like what what kind of thought goes into that side of it well, I mean, and you said it perfectly, just the whole idea, you know, in, in college you're wrestling and as you're growing up, you're wrestling kind of, it, it, it changes when you become an adult, you know, like you said, it's your, it's your career. So, but the idea of wrestling doesn't define you. Um, I think, I think I might've said that in the interview, in one or two interviews, yep. but I, that is something that I've been, you know, really high on as well as, you know, the, my, my wrestling will, will not define me. Um, the things I've accomplished, you know, absolutely, those are awesome accomplishments, but I don't want wrestling to define me. So that, um, that like, the wins and losses aspect, you know? So, But like you said, the whole idea of it being my career does kind of weigh on that aspect of, you know, it's my job, right? It's my job. Right. It's my job to compete. You know, so you know, one way I've handled that is just, kind of just dumbing it down and you know the simpler you know i make it the easier you know i can i can process it and it's just um like i said i i have an awesome support system so i know that it's not about wins and losses and that no matter what the sun's going to come up the next day and i'm still going to have an awesome family i'm still going to have you know parents girlfriend that loves me you know what i mean and it's just it's just like i said making it as simple as i can i'm going to still have the opportunities i have off the mats whether I win or lose, you know, and, um, the more, the more I make it that, you know, solidified in my head mentally, because it is, it is mental warfare, you know, Without a doubt. the more, the more I solidify that idea, you know, the less pressure there is on me. You know what I mean? Just, and just not letting it define me in that aspect, you know? And like I said, so like the sun's still going to come up, time is going to come and go, right? Like people get so nervous for what's going to, what's ahead of them. Right. Wait, like, 
people get so nervous, like before they wrestle, oh, before a big ten. Oh yeah. But it's going. The time is going to come. Right. No matter what, you cannot stop the time from coming and going. Right. So the time, the time from now until whenever you're going to compete, from now whenever you're going to te- uh, take a test, or from now whenever you're going to make a sale or make a phone call or have that meeting, the time is going to come and go. Right. But it's there's nothing you can do to stop it. So there's no point in being, you know, overly worried about it or over. The best thing to do is just to prepare for it. Right, and some of the biggest, one of the biggest ways to kind of shoot down nerves or anxiety is preparation. Right, so if you're prepared for whatever is yet to come, and that's something that you know I've kind of thinking about as you know as I'm as we're taking I'm taking my spiritual journey as well, you know, and just pray for the wisdom and strength yeah. that uh, you know God can bestow on I me, mean, and just you know just pray for um, the knowledge just to be able to just to be ready for what's to come, you know, just to be ready and just to pray for the preparation. So, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's one of my biggest things is just, you know, understanding that it's almost a waste of energy just to be so worked up about it, right? Be so nervous about what's to come when you know that it will, whatever's going to come will come. Right. Right. And t- time is going to keep moving. So might as well just be prepared for whatever is to come and you'll be ready to go. So that whole aspect of um like I said earlier, wrestling not defining me is I know that there's gonna be a time when I won't be able to wrestle. Yeah. Right? I can't I can't do this for forever. And I've I'm I'm sure you've heard that plenty of times. Because yeah. it's true. You know, and so so right now it's the balance of um doing what I can, taking it one day at a time, but making sure that um I'm constantly, you know, building my support system and you know, and constantly connecting, and, and it's the whole social media aspect of this whole thing is pretty cool as well. Yeah, totally. And it's you know, it, it's funny because I, I always bring that up too, from from a social media standpoint. Like it, it's fascinating watching what's happened. It's it's fascinating watching what's happening from from the youth standpoint right now, where you have guys like mm-hmm. Yanni and Gable and these guys oh, in, yeah. in college right now with such big audiences, and and how much you focus on that and even mm-hmm. now like you know i talk to guys all the time like listen when when cal won the olympics he was on a wheaties box if that was today <laughs> and he's not on social i don't know that he gets that deal because we're so influence centric oh yeah we're so con- oh yeah we're and it's a good and a bad thing it's a good thing because yeah, yeah. There, there's more money to go around because if you're relevant and you can help a brand and you can help a business you can get a payday oh, yeah. Just winning 100%. a world championship doesn't get you the the the, the mm-hmm. big prize anymore from a standpoint mm-hmm. of longevity. You see guys that make a world team or win a world medal or an Olympic medal and kind of disappear. And if that's what you want, uh-huh. that's fine. But watching yeah. social media now and even, you know, Derringer a few episodes ago was saying like, he's like, I suck at it. I know I need to get better. <laughs> I just haven't really focused on it. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wrestling's such like a, a, a gritty sport that it's it's not 100%. the most tech savvy. And it, it's a lot of just guys that that are the hardest workers on the planet. And That's it's someone cl- that I, I envy Jordan, you know, Jordan Burroughs, because he is, I love just kind of picking his brain or just hearing him talk about. Yeah. Or just, or just you know, we're at, at, the, at the lunch table at the OTC, just hearing him talk about it. He's so good at balancing that, and um, obviously, obviously, success, you know, brings that and drives that. But what he does with, you know, that 
that that so whatever comes in, he does such a good way of outsourcing, right? So it's a yeah. constant circle that he's so good at, and it's awesome because there is so much, especially being slightly tech savvy. You know, like you said, some people just kind of fade away after they accomplish something, but right to be able to do something because every, every you know what I mean everybody wants to hear or know or see something from a something from success right and it's just being able to outsource it off on social media and how much are you focusing on that right now like you have it's funny one of the last quotes i had here that i wanted to bring up was um it's something your dad has always said, but Ric Flair has also always said it to be the best. You got to beat the best. And that, that could not be truer for 2020. I mean, the list of guys that are going to be in that bracket that you have to beat. like how much are you focusing on building your brand right now? And how, Mm -hmm. while, while trying to balance, you know, like you, you're going to arguably have the toughest bracket of your life at those Olympic Mm -hmm. trials. What, mm-hmm. what is that balance like to try to grow your brand and to make sure that you can run through that bracket? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's a slight juggle, but just knowing that um, building that brand is only going to make the win that much better, right? Yep. I think the, building that brand is only going to make the tournament that much better, the success that much better, just because it's something that you know everybody wants to see. Everybody wants to see the journey that everybody took to kind of where they got from, right? I mean, and I think that's something that's big with social media. Everybody wants to see from the beginning. It's like almost like um, like you like discover an artist, right? Discover yep. an artist. You're like, Man, their music is good, but they're not that big, right? Right. Then you then you see him at a at a uh, open up for somebody, and then you see him headline for a concert, and then you see him doing you know, a world tour, and you're like, "Man, I used to listen to that guy's music when he made." you know x y and z right and i you know i love them ever since so um i think it's kind of like that and you know just just being just being in a slight in, uh, inspiration at, if at all is something that's so awesome and honestly it's, it's you know a, a driving factor you know what i mean especially for lehigh valley it's, it's such a you know hotbed for wrestling being able to influence so many of these you know younger wrestlers both in lehigh valley or across the country it's something that honestly for me is so driving that uh, I, I think it helps out. Yeah, and I forgot who just said that, but somebody was just telling me that a couple of weeks ago of what a great tool it is for recruiting. Like you get to mm-hmm. show off the not just mm-hmm. the lifestyle, but you get to kind of show behind the scenes. Like we mm-hmm. do, we do live in a world where content is so readily available. Yeah, and there's and everybody wants to see. Right, and and so because of that we've created this culture of th- there's a desire to see behind the scenes and knowing it's there, we crave it. We want to mm-hmm. see what the best guys in the world are doing. We want to see mm-hmm. what it's like to train at the best schools. We want to see what it's like to compete internationally. Like, we want to see that both from my standpoint as a fan and somebody who's mm-hmm. in the business of wrestling from a marketing standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. Even being an athlete, you're, you're looking at, you know, what, uh, what your buddies are, how your buddies are training, or how uh, you know, like I said, I'll, I'll see how Jordan is training, or you know, I'm really good friends with Jo. Yep. You know, even social media, we'll go back and forth sometimes, posting video. You know what I mean? It's just, yep. it's just a way to kind of keep both content rolling, keep accountability going. You know what I mean? It's it's something I mean, Jo kind of got into a little bit too, just keeping each other accountable. We'll see each other little texts or uh, little techniques or even little clips of like. 
you know, what, what we're grinding on just to kind of keep each other accountable. Like, oh, he's yeah. doing that. Let's get back. You know what I mean? Let's get back, get back to it today. Do you find that? That's so cool. Yeah. Do you find that social distracts you at all? Or are you able to balance it nicely? Like, I know some guys get caught up in reading what people say about them. Or oh, yeah. some guys struggle with, you know, I think a lot of the, the top level guys who, who really understand social, the, the David Taylors, the Kyle Snyder, Jordan Burroughs. Oh, yeah. Those guys... They, they they're pretty good at kind of ignoring the critics, mm-hmm. but it's it's now when you're at that level, there there's a responsibility to come mm-hmm. up with content and to share and not give away too much secrets. And every coach wants you to share something different. Some coaches are more, right. you know, Tom Ryan is much more open with what Ohio State guys share than what mm-hmm. Cal Sanderson allows. Cal Sanderson is more reserved guy, and I think once you hit that that high level, there's that top level of, of being built being in that brand building process you're now mm-hmm. trying to think of not necessarily what the critics saying how to focus on that but you're trying to come up with content what can i post today i know mm-hmm. i need to build my brand do you get distracted by either of those or are you just kind of taking it with a grain of salt um, and saying whatever happens today happens i'm going to try my best uh i mean it is like grain of salt and i i like to fall on that end because exclusivity yep. is something that i think is really good content too right so just um it's almost like a, uh, I like to think of it kind of as um, almost like, like certain branding of clothing, right? There's there's the normal brands, obviously, but there's like some exclusive brands that only drop certain things once in a while, right? Yep. So I think um, I think I'm more of that of an actor. I, I don't think I'm more of a quan. I'm not more of a quantity. Yep. Content, you know, put her out here. I'm more of like a quality. Yep. So um, it, it's not it's not that hard to manage if I you know that I do it like that because like I said, it's, it's something that when I think, um, when I have an idea, you know, of that I want to share then you know, I let it rip, but it's not something that's constantly brewing. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm not constantly working on that idea of thinking about content, 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 you know, I'm, I'm doing my thing. Yeah. And then if I, you know, if I think it's, you know, quality enough to share, then, you know, I'll, I'll let it fly. But, um, I think that's one way that I handle it that I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. And I, I see all sides of it because I think at, at its core, um, y- your concern should be doing whatever it takes to making sure you're you're prepping yourself to be an Olympic champion. At the same time, mm-hmm. I'm in the side of, of marketing. And, you know, it's, it's funny when guys ask me, like, what do you think I should do? It's like, well, what do you want to <laughs> do? Because if you ask yeah. me, I'm the kind of guy I was like, listen, we're in a day with so much content. You should be posting eight times a day. That said, yeah, that's not that's not feasible. That's just ideally what is what I would recommend. That doesn't mean when yeah. you go to apply it to yourself, and you know, it's funny. There there has been it's a workload you have to manage, right? And and everybody's different, and it's not like you shouldn't just look and say, okay, I'm going to mimic my social media like David Taylor or like Jordan Burroughs or like Kyle mm-hmm. Snyder, like. They all do what works best for them. David's very lifestyle driven. Kyle's very lifting driven. Jordan's very mm-hmm. family driven. You got to take mm-hmm. it and apply it to your life. But it's interesting to, to hear your perspective too, because I think that's that probably falls in line with with the middle. I think that's what the norm is. Like mm-hmm. when I have something good, I'm going to post it. If not, I'm not going to strive to post it. Yeah, and it's only because um, um, like I'm like I'm with more success obviously comes more you know ideas and and more spotlights obviously but um you know what i mean like i said just just kind of staying focused on you know what's at hand and um you know what 
and that and that's a good thing that you said the the what drives you know what what's your drive and um that's something honestly that I think about now that's and that was good that's I'm, I picked that up as you said that's awesome yeah and you know that's I I try to do the same thing where I try to take what I see people are doing and and I that's how I learn you know there's no textbook mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. this. If there yeah. was, it'd already be out. It'd be outdated. It'd be talking <laughs> about MySpace, you know. So it's like, <laughs> for what I have to do, I have to watch what all you guys are doing and saying, okay, this is what Darian's doing. That's good. It's what he's doing. That could be better. This is what David's doing. Mm-hmm. This is, and I think the people that can analyze it the best are the people that are winning right now, which is what I'm mm-hmm. trying to do. But so, get, getting back to wrestling here, before I let you go, you, I'm assuming you're competing at the Open in a few weeks here. Mm-hmm. What yes, what is your thought process going into this? Like we've kind of touched on it individually, but you you have the open in just you know about three and a half four weeks um, mm-hmm. to qualify for the Olympic trials in April. Like you're you're right there. You're you're we're we're like four and a half five months out from you qualifying yeah. for the Olympic trials um, or for the actual Olympic trials. Sorry, what mm-hmm. what is your thought process knowing again? Like I feel like I'm not gonna kind of regurgitate all those quotes but you have to beat the best to be the best and it's never been more Mm -hmm. true this year what is your thought process to to separate yourself knowing you've beat guys like garrett you've beat guys like gilman and now you're gonna have to do it when everybody's as hungry as you like what's your thought process um i mean it's just one day at a time but you know one percent better and it's the idea of building confidence right because everybody at this point knows how to wrestle everyone's good at wrestling so it's just what mental edge can i grab Every single day, right? Well, mental edge. So uh, the the Olympic trials and the Olympic games are going to be played out in my head well before they actually happen. You know what I mean? So when when I am before I you know compete, like even even you know bringing it back to the NCAA tournament, I've wrestled Thomas Gill in my head at the NCAA tournaments, you know, for a whole season, right? Just because I knew who I needed to beat, you know, to win an NCAA title. You know, the best guys in the country. So that that's kind of the mental edge that. I'm getting after right now is just knowing who I'm going to be and playing that in my head, you know, over and over and over again. And then same thing at the world level, who I'm going to need to be and, you know, playing it over and over and over again. So I know I'm going to have to beat the best to be the best. And it's just seeing it in your head first, right? Having that confidence, building that confidence. If I don't have it already, it's establishing it, building it, and then excelling at it. So um, So that's where I'm at right now, and I'm excited. And I don't mean this from a a standpoint of like cockiness. So feel free to respond however you would. Mm-hmm. But do you, so in your mind, do you feel like you you have the physical skill? You're the best, and it's just who can be the best mentally that day. Because it's kind of what it sounds like. Like okay, we're all good at wrestling. We all yeah, can absolutely. go out there, and if it's our day, we could probably right. score ten points, mm-hmm. and nobody mm-hmm. would be surprised. But at this level. Yeah do you think it's more mental? Like you can polish your skills, but you yeah. have the talent, you have the experience, you're an NCAA uh-huh. champion. And, that, and that's what everyone's doing out here. You know, everyone is competing for the Olympic spot because everybody's so talented. And at the, at this point in wrestling, at, with this pool of athletes, it's the best of the best. And every, like I said, everybody at this point is excellent at wrestling. They're the best at wrestling yep. for the United States, right? Or, you know, if that the world. So at the, at that point, it's, it's a game of inches, right? It's yep. a game. It's a game of weight management for the tournament. It's a, ga- it's a gauge of, um, you know, condi- physical, um, 
with conditioning and technique and all that stuff, and then mental with where you are at. You know what I mean? And if you are able to be to wrestle five NCAA, you know, semi-year finals back to back to back to back on on that day. You know what I mean? Because every yeah. match you're going to wrestle is going to be, you know, a it's going to be a gauntlet. You said it endless times, and you have to be able to do that, you know, three or four times in one day, and then in the finals, obviously the next day. So, and that is mentally taxing. I think your body, I think your your mind will shut down before your body, right? Cause yep. you put in your, you put your body through crazy workouts. Cause you, I think your body can handle crazy workouts. It's the mental part. 100%. Almost, almost kind of cuts you, cuts you down. You're like mentally, you're like, I don't think I could do this. And then you kind of just, you know, force yourself through the workout. And by the end of it, you're like, man, I can't believe I got through that. Right. So, I think your mind will shut down before your body. So just being able to, and that goes back to everybody knows how to wrestle physically, right? And that goes back to just making sure your mind is as sharp as it can be. It is, it's going to be a battle, both physically and mentally, every single match out there. So, and that's, and that's what I'm getting ready for now. So I'm excited. And I feel like it's easier to build your body up. It's easier to push Mm -hmm. yourself than Mm -hmm. it is. How do you make yourself more mental? How do you train your mind? Are there things that you do specifically to try to train your mind? I, uh, specifically, I think, yeah. And I work on it, you know, every single day and, um, it's just having all the little trigger points, you know, and in workouts where, you know, it's going to either, you know, it's going to get hard and you know, okay. So when I get into that moment at practice today, I'm going to force myself to go. And, and I, I had a conversation with George. I don't even know if he remembers this, but we were on our way back from San Diego. Uh, or we were visiting. Uh, we were having a team dinner in San Diego okay. uh, when camp was out there the one the one summer. And I was in the car with Coach Buxton and, and Jordan. And he, he and I, first, I was just getting into freestyle. And he was telling me, you know, little, you know, little tips here and there. And he's like, you have to be able, you have to be willing to put it on the line. Every single time, you have to be willing to force yourself to go, right? You have to be, you have to force yourself to to go even when you don't want to. So, I mean, that and that's something that I've been working on as well. So, in in situations where I know they're going to be tough, force yourself to go, right? For like, and I said earlier that I'm going to wrestle the Olympic trials in my head well before, and and that's what I'm talking about. You know, I'm wrestling for those moments where I'm down and I need to get two takedowns for the win, right? Yeah, and those are the moments where, where you dig deep, and it's very hard to make that happen on the spot, right? It's very hard to make that happen on the spot because mentally, it almost might not be, well, almost might be too much for you to handle. Yeah, but if you if you fought that monster plenty of times, so then that when it comes up, you're like, oh, I already know what to do, and you're so you're because wrestling is so high paced and fast paced, you don't have time to think. It's just all reaction, and reaction, are you- reaction. Are you learning these from talking to other wrestlers, or are you, mm-hmm. or are you like watching podcasts? Or like, what's that like? Like, if somebody's, mm-hmm. if there's, a, if there's a younger wrestler right now listening who's like, okay, I, I yeah. want to train my mind to get better. Should they go mm-hmm. read books, listen to podcasts, talk to the wrestlers? <laughs> like, what should they do? Um, I think I mean, a little bit of both. With you know, talking to the people that have been there, done that, right? So I love picking minds of coaches, athletes, all the time. And you know, honestly, I've listened to a couple of. The, the podcasts that you've uh, thrown up here, which are awesome. Thank you, know, you. Speaking with speaking with a bunch of you know the athletes on here, and um, and just being able to understand and recognize where your weaknesses are and where your strengths are in the room, right? So so asking a lot of questions, asking coach 
after every live go almost, hey, what do you, I felt this, what did, you, what did you see, blah, blah, blah. But being able to analyze where you're struggling and or even areas that are tough, I'm talking mentally, areas that are tough, and when you get in that situation, always automatic. Like the more you work on it in the room, the more you, the more you like kind of sit and think about triggering yourself to go in a hard right. situation. You know what I mean? Like if you're in a live go, you're you're dog tired because you're maybe doing ten minute go, fifteen minute go. You're dog tired, forcing yourself to go, understanding that man, I am so tired. But as soon as you think about that, your mind automatically flips to, but I gotta go get more. I gotta go get another one. I got. That's just doing that, being able to recognize that moment is so big. And I, I've done that just talking to, you know, wrestlers, listening to podcasts and, you know, just, just listening, just asking coaches just in the moment, in practice. I've, I've, I've asked coaches to remind me, you know what I mean? Before practice, I, I would ask coaches, hey, can you make sure, you know, if, if you see me like kind of slacking to move my feet or to get going, you know what I mean? So little yep. cues like that, that's something that I've picked up too, um, even in college. And I said, I would, I would physically just say, Hey coach, like just remind me that if you ever see, if you see me like kind of maybe like getting tired or maybe like kind of pulling off the gas pedal to kind of, to trigger myself to keep going, keep going, keep going. So that's tough. It is. And I think like so many people, if you, if you sat there and said to somebody like, listen, doing the right thing is always the right thing. Doing what mm-hmm. needs to be done is always what should be done. It's easy to say that mm-hmm. we, we know 100%. these things. But it it's kind of keeping that proper perspective that mm-hmm. applies it to human. what you're doing, right? You it's so easy to lose sight of that, or it's so easy to say, it doesn't matter if I do this today. Tomorrow I'm gonna give a hundred percent. Tomorrow I'm gonna do that. Like, oh, yeah. but with something like this, going back to what you said earlier of the big picture and kind of getting lost in the process, you can't mm-hmm. afford to not give your effort every single mm-hmm. day. And especially like we were talking about earlier as well is like at this point now, like it, it being my job, you know what I mean? It's something that you almost take into, you're more accountable. You know what I mean? Cause you're like, damn it. If I'm going to do this, then let's do it. Like, you know what I mean? If I'm, if this is gonna be my job, then I'm going to do it. Right. My fullest. For sure, man. Wow. A lot of good stuff in there. <laughs> well, listen, man, I'm going to uh, let you go have your second Thanksgiving. <laughs> I, I I hope it's a fun one. Keep me posted on what traditions you learn about, and I'm pumped for Absolutely. the opener in a few weeks. Yes, sir. Justin, you're the man. Thanks for uh, reaching out to me. Of course, man. Thanks so much for, for coming on. And just like that, that's today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in, for listening. I hope you got some value out of this. I hope you got some entertainment. Be sure to subscribe. You guys keep listening. I'll keep putting out more episodes. And the beat goes on.